All right. So hi, everybody, and welcome again, if you've been um, trickling in um, as we got started. My name is Victoria. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, um, local to Houston, Texas, a lot of places. I'm in Texas under listservs and other places um, in our fellowship online, but I've recently located, uh, relocated to North Carolina, so I'm in Eastern time tonight joining you all. Um, just to, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I really want to spend time on the message. Um, but just to qualify quickly, so I, um, I am not somebody who has come from large weight numbers, but this disease has taken my soul from me and it's been given back to me through this program. And I am a dramatic person, but the, when I say those words, I mean it so sincerely with every fiber of my being. Um, the way some people talk about being a slave to the scale, I was a slave to my blood sugar monitor. Um, it was on my phone. It was, I had a separate alert. It would go off every time it was high or low or in between, which because of my binging was way more often than it really needed to be. Um, I was harming myself with food. And although I, I did other things to try and hide it well, um, from the outside, on the inside, I was destroying my organs. I had eaten my... I had eaten so much that I would wake up not able to see in the morning. Um, I was missing work once a week, uh, sometimes twice a week. I ate so much after a potluck that I went to the hospital um, that I worked at asking to, for them to take me to the ER. Um, so I have this disease, honestly. Um, and I think I found a way at the time when I was most desperate, but I know that this illness is progressive. And I can see how it would have just gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, so with that, I usually share a lot. Um, when I'm asked to share, I usually end up talking about step one a lot just because it is first. But I'm so grateful tonight to be talking about the solution. Um, so for me, I just want to ask really quickly that, you know, I share my experience with you all. But outside of that, that this message comes from my higher power um, and that it reaches whoever it needs to reach tonight. Um, so in we, in we agnostics, I just want to jump right in. I mean, and I, I'll sort of talk through it as I go. So they say, if, if when you want to first paragraph, if when you honestly want to, you can't quit entirely, or you have little control over the amount, the amount you're probably alcoholic. That's, that's me. This paragraph is just telling me, Hey, Victoria, are you listening? If you, if you forgot about the doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there is a solution and more about alcoholism. We want to remind you once more this is you, you have this disease. <laughs> so that's what they're telling me. And then right after they follow it up and say, you may be suffering from an illness, which only a spiritual experience will conquer. That is what I've found to be true, but that's not what I wanted to hear in this program. Um, I grew up in a very religious setting and I, it was a part of my life for a really long time, but it, it felt like a performance. Um, and it, it felt like culture and not personal to me. I mean, that's just my, my experience. I could tell that people around me felt something that I just was numb to in a way. Um, and I, I, I can't say, I can't blame that on anybody else, but just that it wasn't something that I was able to access um, in the way that I was trying to. Um, and I thought, well, 
to hell with it. You know, I'm a good person. What's, what's to, what's all this to do with something else, something greater than me. I'm a, I try to do the right thing sometimes. Well, that's of course, because I hadn't um, been out of the food or been through the steps to see really um, the character defects in all their glory. But they tell us, they tell me if a miracle code of morals or a better philosophy were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. So they're like, that's great that you're a nice person. Too bad. That does, that's not going to help you. <laughs> right. They're like, you got to do something else. Um, and one thing I want to impart what I tell my sponsees, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure other people have different perspectives, but my perspective is when I talk about people, what's your higher power going to be? Like, if we're going to design this higher power to get, like, let's come up with something that's going to set you up for success. And I go with four attributes, and I'm going to point them out where I get that from in the text, just because I find it helpful. So one is power, obviously, right? We need, right? It's a higher power. We need to have power. Um, we, we've got to have access. Um, and we've got to... Uh, it's got to be personal to us. And it's also got to be something we can get from within us. And I'll explain sort of what I mean by that. It's got to be deep, but I'll explain sort of as we go through the text. But on 45, the first full paragraph, that's when, that's when they tell us, and we've all heard that lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power. So that's, they tell us right there, you got to have power. Um, and I think that's the one most of us can agree with that we've heard probably a lot before. Um, and then they tell us on 46, something that I really like, I, I was just like, eh, I don't know about this. I was skeptical, but desperate if my, you know, and I, when I went to my first meeting, I was like, great, this isn't a church. Cool. I know my parents were always telling me, just go to church. It'll be the answer. I don't think they meant St. Luke's in Houston on Tuesday at 6 PM in the basement, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's where it was. And that's where I found God. Right. So like, that's amazing that that was in work that was in the works, you know, way before I even knew I was going to have this problem or need a solution. Um, but I went to my first meeting and the person leading talked about step two. They said that they were an atheist before this person and I, that before this program. And I heard them say that they canceled their gastric bypass surgery because they had lost so much weight. And so I knew two things. This person didn't believe in God and this program works for them. So I need that person to be my sponsor. Um, and it was amazing. You know, who knows if that wasn't the person leading that first meeting, would I have come back? I don't know. I mean, just my, my higher power wanted this relationship with me so badly before I was even ready to give them the time of day, which is who else is in my life that I can ignore them, ignore them, deny them, doubt their existence, but they still want me to hang out with them. Um, I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool and pretty generous and so amazing that I'm given that grace. Um, and on, so on 46, what really got to me was when they say, yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all of this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. And that grasped me, that sentence, because I was that person who would see a sunset or would be hiking and, you know, or would just feel the serenity of a moment in the world or watch, you know, watch like a baby deer try to figure out, is it safe to cross this road or not? I'm from the country. So, you know, and just things like that. And I was like, 
that's amazing. Like this, those are the moments where I would feel God. And I would say, if there's God, that's when I feel God. So I was on board with this sentence, but then they said, but it was fleeting and soon lost. They told me, Victoria, you've had those experiences and then you did nothing with it. Right. And then we just kept going about our business, um, until the next time. Um, and that was for me when I really started to tell my sponsor, you know, I don't know what I need my higher power to be, but I think I could get on board with something in nature. Like I get like that. I get, it's not always perfect. It's beautiful in its own way. It has its natural recourse. We can't try to control it. I, I can make peace with that in my mind and I can get on board. But honestly, you guys, I was in such hell. If she had told, I've told people this before and they laugh, but it's so true. If she had said, I want you to go to Michael's and fill up a shopping cart of crafts and make a shrine to Bozo the Clown like Helga did in Hey Arnold in your closet, I would have done, I would have been like, this lady is crazy and it's not going to work, but I would have done it. You know, I would have been like, what $70 of, you know, glitter, who cares? You know, <laughs> I mean, it was not easy, not fun, but I was so miserable. Um, and I'm so grateful for that willingness to get on board because like they tell us and other people talked about these, these last two nights. So I won't harp too much, but, um, it's all we needed was willingness to be able to make that first contact. And then other things started to happen. Um, then they tell me, so they say, you know, don't freak out. Much to our relief, we discovered we don't need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, right? Just like I just said, was sufficient to make the approach and to affect a contact with him. So this is the part that tells me my higher power needs to be personal to me, which is the second of those four qualities that I mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm really just jumping around, so... Sorry if we were looking for something cohesive, but at the bottom of 48, what really comes up for me there was also something that I loved hearing about from my sponsor, who was a former atheist, because she was also an engineer and she was so, you know, facts, not fiction. And um, I'm kind of woohoo, so I'm fine with it, but I really loved her perspective and needed that structure to guide me through, especially first time going through the steps. And, and this is the part where, um, you know, everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there's good evidence, but no perfect visual proof. And my, so I had had those moments about a natural power and something's out there greater than me, but how does it relate to me? And, but I was hung up on faith and worship. Like that just seemed so formal to me. And I didn't know how that could work with the life the, that I was so used to living. Um, and she's like, you know, she's saying this paragraph is where we see that we've had faith all along. It's not weird to have faith all of a sudden. Um, she asked me, um, when you go to start your car, are you amazed every, are you just shocked every time that it actually turns on? And I said, no, of course I would be pissed off if, you know, I would be like, oh my God, something's broken. You know, if I turn the key and it doesn't, you know, it makes that sound where you're like, come on, we're going to get there, but mm, it falls flat. No. And, and she said, do you have faith when you set an alarm? Like, why would anybody ever use an alarm clock if they didn't have faith that it was going to go off on time? Yeah, sure. You might set it for PM and not AM. And that, that might be a boo-boo, right? But like, why would anybody ever use these tools if they didn't believe that they would work? Um, 
And I know there are explanations for all of these things. And I, I don't consider myself to be, you know, a dumb person, but I don't, I don't concern myself with the details. You know, I could read that Wikipedia page, but I don't care. I just know that I need to wake up at a certain time. I said it, it works. Um, and so being able to apply that to my program has been so amazing. Uh, and then on 49, the paragraph that I just love where, you know, they're actually talking about our vanity of thinking that we're, you know, the end all be all of intelligence, which is definitely how I operated a lot in life. Um, but what I love about that is they, they start the clause sort of with the opposite and say, instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents. So they're telling me, like, when I team up with God, I get to be an intelligent agent. I get to be a secret agent. And my mission is to spread this message. And if you had told me that, like, if my sponsor had said that to me when we was first going through the steps, I would have been like, oh my God, she is crazy. Like I thought I'm definitely, you know, it would have been a little too much too soon for where I was at, but now it's like really freaking cool. Like I, you know, when I say, God, I want to pray for your will for me. What I'm really saying is like, Hey, what's my mission today? You know, like, let me be a secret agent. And carry that out. Right. And God says to me, Victoria, your mission, should you choose to accept it? Right. Like they do in the movies is like, if you're, if you're willing to take the foot, you know, the, to do the footwork, if you're willing to take the action. Um, and I just, so I just love that paragraph. It doesn't really connect to anything else I was going to say, but I really love that paragraph. Um, something I marked on, on 50, again, the paragraph in the middle of the page, they say, this is the part where it tells me it needs to be accessible. So on one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. So the reason I harp on this is because a lot of us can be guilty of trying to make other people our higher power, of trying to make them people that we put godlike expectations on. I am. I'm super guilty of that. Um, at first I made my sponsor, my higher power. I didn't realize that, but I was just like, whatever they say, that's what I'm going to do. And the reason I say, you know, you've got to have access to this higher power all the time. What if you're not around your sponsor? What if your sponsor goes through a relapse? What if your, your higher power is the love in your OA room? That's great. But can you access it at all times? What if there's a pandemic and you can't go to that physical room anymore? Um, what if it is, you know, I sometimes hold crystals when I, when I meditate. Okay. That's great. It's a cool tool, but if this is my higher power and I lose this, what am I going to do? So I think it's really important that people think through, you know, and that's for me, okay. It's nature. It's I connect through nature. Well, what if I'm stuck inside a building all day? today? It rained all day and it was super gross and cold outside. I did not go outside when I meditated this morning. What am I going to do? I need to have access at all moments. Um, so that's the part of this text where that, where that shows itself to me. Five minutes. Perfect. Thank you. Um, 52, I want to talk about technology a little bit. So there, so this is the other part, especially this meeting is the choose, choose your own conception meeting, which I just love that we're talking about this tonight. It's just, I'm really honored, honestly, um, to have been asked, but they talk about, first of all, they're talking about, look, somebody will probably like go into space one day. And we're like, yeah, that happened. Right. So that's, I just love that for that reason, um, where these ideas that seem so far-fetched become common, common acceptance. 
Um, and then they say, like, is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new? And discard is throwing something in the trash, right? If I'm discarding something, I'm putting it in the trash. So who has had an iPhone and gotten the new one, even though you didn't need another one, right? Or like who wanted just a little, right? Like who wanted just a little bit more battery life? Is not our age described exactly by the ease with which we go, this isn't working anymore. It's like the way I want it. Let me try something else. And so they're saying, hey, if that's what's happening with you and your higher power, that is okay. Um, and so I love the relationship I have with my higher power today. Um, it's, it's so different from what I started at, but I know that if, it, if one day it's not working for me, I can just change it again. You know, I can just say, all right, let's, let's go back to this power accessible, personal and within me characteristics. Ugh. Okay. So I want to talk about within because that's the last of the four qualities. And that I find on 55 where they say, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. For me, part, and again, this is my personal take on my experience growing up. My prejudice against the God of my childhood was not like it was bad or it was wrong or anything like that. It was, it felt like I couldn't get the connection. And I always felt like I was praying up or trying to, and this tells me, you know, if somebody does that and they're getting connected that way, that's, that's awesome. I'm not saying don't, don't do that. But this part of the text tells me everything I need to connect to is deep down within me. This fundamental idea of God is within me. Um, and so sometimes when I'm stressed, I just breathe in HP and I, I breathe in the faith and I try to breathe out the fear. And if it takes longer to work one time than another, I just keep saying, breathe in faith, breathe out the fear. Um, and that's been, that's been instrumental to me. Um, I want to just wrap up really quickly because I know a big part of this, of our, the, a big part of this meeting is the language that we use around God and inclusivity and things like that. And I want to be respectful of that. So I, when I first came to OA, I did not want to use the word God because God was somebody else's name that I didn't, I didn't really want to explore that. And so I was higher power, higher power, power of nature. Um, my partner is from South America and they call mother, they call mother earth Pachamama. And I really love that idea of like a, like a nurturing, um, spirit. And so sometimes he and I pray to Pachamama together, like, and it's just super cool. Um, but now you'll notice that I've used the word God a lot. So one, I'll say that my, my experience with that word has changed a lot, but also there's something like number, number one, my experience has changed. Number two is a lot shorter. And number three, <laughs> um, I work in healthcare and there's diagnosis codes like headache, not otherwise specified. So if you can't describe it better, it's like NOS goes after the symptom or whatever. So it'd be like, you know, like weight gain NOS or, you know, nausea NOS, like not otherwise specified. And I thought, why can't it be God NOS? Like not, you know, maybe that's not the same exact label I want to put on it. But so now I don't know. I just really have gotten comfortable with this vibe of it's not the word, it's the relationship. Um, I also respect that if that's not somebody else's experience, but hopefully you can hear how my journey with the word and what I call my higher power has transformed and fluxed. And 
Um, it can give you hope that all that's required, like they tell us in this passage, is to be willing to initiate a contact. And the last line of this text, right? When we seek God, um, all we need to do is draw near and they'll disclose their, themselves to us. Um, and I, I feel like that's been true. So thank you so much for listening. I, I appreciate this opportunity to do service so very much. And, and thank you for your attention. Oh, should I read the next part about the shares? I can do that, yeah. Okay. So we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. Yes, Amy, please. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I took so many notes, so many notes. I love, uh, I love where you say my higher power wanted this relationship with me so badly before I even recognized because I also traced back in my life and saw that. Um, so much, so much of what you said I just resonated with me. Um, <laughs> you said I'm kind of woohoo. So I was cool with it when you were talking about just the idea of like, you know, not needing the science. And I, I loved that. And I feel also like I'm kind of woohoo and also like I appreciate the science. So it's nice to have like both sides of those things. I, the secret agent carrying the message when I team up with God, I get to be a secret agent and step three is what's my mission. I love that. I loved that so much. I loved how you talk about, again, the experience with the word God. I too, like would not say God at the beginning. And I still kind of do like other words. And also God is a really good shortcut. It's a really good, like catch all it's one syllable. Um, I personally like the abbreviation guidance on direction because that's sort of like what I turn to. So sort of like NOS, but like, you know, in that other way. And um, also it's just, it's like, like, you know how the word aloha has so many meeting meanings and it's just, you know, it can, whatever. It, it's not exactly the same thing, but like we can all have our own different definition of that word and still have the same access to it or or reason for it and I'm just super grateful for your share today um and I I wanted it if you could just give a little bit of time to talking about like your you know either your prayer meditation practice or like your your favorite ways to pray like how you pray that would be great thank you yeah, th thank you for sharing all that. And, and thanks for asking the question. I was actually thinking about this, this this morning. I was like, what am I gonna say if somebody asked me that? Because I'm always thinking ahead and I need to remember where my feet are right now. Um, but 
the reason I was thinking, what am I going to say is because I love to say that I have, oh, this is my practice. This is, but to be honest, I'm super open to changing it up. Like these crystals I got on Saturday because I just moved to this place in North Carolina. And I was like, what is this rock shop? Oh, they have incense. Okay. Let's see. You know? And I thought, let's try something new. And for me, it sort of just came to me this weekend, even that my, my hair power is really playful and is like, okay with me being casual in that way. And um, I heard our speaker last night allude to that. And I thought, you know, I really, sometimes I, I, I want to tell you, I wake up as soon as I wake up, I get on my yoga mat and I meditate for 15 minutes, but I have to be honest. And that's just, that's, I want to do that more. I want to strive for that goal. But if I'm being totally honest, it's not my experience. Sometimes, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to shower at 11 o'clock and I'm in the shower and I'm like, Hey God, let's check in, you know, or, um, I'm on the phone with somebody program or not. And I'm like, Hey, I, I see that there was a way for me to help this person. Am I, is there anything else, you know? And, and sometimes it's more conscious than others. But for me, a big thing is just pausing. I love to go, go, go. I, I have tied up my value and my, um, my worth in efficiency and how much I can get done for so long. It takes me a lot of practice to unwind that. And so I noticed that between a thought and an action, whether it's the food where there used to be no space or my to-do list or what I think my agenda is versus what my higher power wants me to consider, <laughs> give some edits there, if you will, um, just trying to pause um, and really see the moments for what they are. It's, it's not perfect, but when I catch it, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Wow. Um, and just getting to see things that my eyes were literally blind to when I was in the food, it's just, you know, whether I would have written it that way or not, it's so much better than anything I could have said I wanted my life to be. So, thanks. Um, let's have Eileen and then Wendy and then Emily. Hi, my name is Compulsive Overeater Vomiter and Victoria, thank you so much. I mean, I, I came into your program in 1989 and my higher power was Glenda from the wizard of Oz that worked for me. I went in the bubble. If I spoke at a meeting, she was with me. I mean, it just that peacefulness, that calmness, I can hear her voice. Um, and I was in program for about six years and then I left. Um, and then I recently came back and I loved what you said about not the word, the relationship, because I still, to this day, struggle with, I still say God sometimes. I mean, when I hit my knees in the morning, I ask God for guidance and, you know, to pray for these people that I want to pray for. And yet when I think of wanting to be nurtured and just have that presence within me, I can hear Glenda. And it's a really safe place for me. So I just, I, I love what you shared. I love that it's not the word, it's the relationship. And that's so true today for me. And um, I love your worth, how much, you know, your worthiness is based on how much you get done. Um, yeah, I live my life a lot like that. So um, I, I'm so grateful that I get to pause and calm down and just be 
I'm a human being. I'm not a human doing. And it doesn't matter if I get everything on my list of things to do done. It's about, did I have a conscious contact with my higher power or God today? Um, am I abstinent? How am I working this program and being a service to others? So um, that's, that's how I live my life today. And I'm so grateful. And I love this meeting. And thank you so much for your lead. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Eileen. Um, Wendy, do you want to go next? Sure. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Wendy, compulsive uh, overeater, recovered. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Victoria. That was an amazing share. I could just be like, ditto. Um, <laughs> I'm a, a woo-woo person also and, and have tons of crystals in my house. Um, <laughs> and I've studied all kinds of different modalities, all in search of this higher power that was missing from my life and from my heart, really. Um, and I loved how you uh, described faith in such a simple way, because um, that's been something that I've actually been challenged with, um, you know, where I feel like I'm always like losing my faith in this higher power, but it's, but it's there. Like it, it really is. It's so simple. It's just there, like setting your alarm clock. You kind of know it's going to go off at some point. Um, and um, yeah, even with the power loss that I experienced last night where my power went out, like I knew it was going to come back on eventually. Um, you know, it's just, it's like, it's almost something that I, I can take for granted in a way. But then I loved also how, how you referenced Mission Impossible. And, <laughs> you know, here, here's your assignment if you choose to accept it. And that's what we do in this program is we have to make a choice to accept our disease. We have to make a choice to accept what's laid out in the steps. Um, and, you know, I had the hardest time in the beginning myself with the word God and my sponsor is here on the line and nodding her head. Um, and, you know, and it, and now I say it all the time with my sponsees and I'm like, I'm really sorry if you don't like that word. It's just, it's just easier. It's, I use it as a term to incorporate all of the things that I do have faith in and that I do rely on and that I do, um, pray to whether it's named or unnamed so um yeah so thank you so much i really appreciate it and uh i'll pass thank you wendy emily what's going on what's happening uh you know victoria hi i'm emily compulsive overeater recovered in chicago um Oh my gosh, I had this experience, uh, you know, listening to these words and hearing everyone shares of just like, how lucky am I that the search and rescue team did not give up? I mean, I, I just, I feel so grateful to have, um, you know, now legions of people, but when I came in the rooms and came back to, came back to a place of willingness to do whatever was asked of me, a year ago, I didn't ever imagine, you know, one year later that I would be describing freedom as feeling the feelings and getting support through the experience. Like that wasn't freedom to me. Freedom to me was no pain, all joy, 
maximum fun as fast as possible. And I think when you said, you know, breathe in faith, breathe out fear. And I have a question for you, so get ready. Um, I, I, it doesn't mean that I sit on a cushion like a Buddha then. It means that moment to moment sometimes over the, even over the past couple of days for me, I just had to keep coming back to that God within me and breathe and it passed, but it doesn't pass on my time. So I was in some turmoil over the last couple of days, just up here, not out in the world, (laughs) of course. Um, And I'd love to hear from you, like if you have an example that you could share with us of like going through something hard and how you accessed that power and what your experience was of it moving through, if you have one. That's such a great question. I'm sure. Well, I don't want to be too like macabre, but um, last, so last year around Labor Day, my, um, I received news that an ex of mine um, had committed suicide and it was really challenging for a lot of reasons. You know, we weren't in contact, but I felt very, um, I felt a lot of grief initially, um, a lot of shock and a lot of wanting comfort. And when I was with this ex, food was how I always comforted myself. And so it, it felt like a natural response. And so I was very concerned early, probably let's, yeah, probably about eight months of abstinence at that point. And so I was really just not wanting to eat, but almost like frightened, like, oh, this is the big first big circumstance that might lead me back into the food. Um, And so, you know, my, my faith wasn't the first thing I thought of, like, I just want to be completely transparent. The first thing was make sure we write down what we're eating tomorrow right now. Cause it was like at midnight that I, I was like, let's, let's just take that out. You know, and I texted my, and I was like, just FYI, like some stuff happened. We can talk about like, we don't need to talk about it at midnight, but like we can talk about it. Like, you know, um, no, no questions around the food tomorrow. Um, and then I found fellowship in people that I trust. But then after that, there's a period where you're alone with your thoughts. And that to me is when it gets hard. Like I'm, I could tell you guys anything that ever happened to me. I don't care if it's like so embarrassed. I would just be like, whatever, like, but, but I'm with other people, you know, I'm with other people, whether they agree with me or understand or not. I'm like, oh, I've got a, I've got an audience of some sort who's giving me comfort and get, I'm getting that like energy back from, from other people. But when I'm alone, like and I couldn't sleep. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I, my, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. And I, I don't know, you know, to be honest, I don't think I did anything. I think I just really had practiced enough of going to God in moments that were not a crisis. Um, I have a friend who, who says, I ask God what jeans I wear. And God says, yeah, girl, those like those make your butt look good. And I think at first I was like, that's so funny, but I love it because it's like, yeah, like if I'm the friend that only goes to somebody in crisis, how can I, how can I really expect them to be there for me? You know, in, you know, they might try, but 
And I was, and I know that because I was that friend to a lot of people in my real life. I was the friend who showed up when things were bad. Um, and then things started being bad all the time and no one wanted to be around me. <laughs> um, so anyway, to get back to your question, I feel like I had enough, some, some flexing of that muscle where it felt almost like an instinct to go to God. And I was really lucky for that because my instinct in good times or bad was to do whatever I wanted or the first thought that came to my mind and not, not have any pause. Um, so I don't know if that brings, like, I don't know how that really could help somebody else other than just knowing that all that you need to do is be willing is to initiate the openness of your heart and then practicing that over time. Um, something really strong can come from that because I, I know I'm powerless. So I can't say, Oh, look at how good I was like this horrible thing happened. And I didn't eat. I, I, I ate over really stupid things. So I know that that's not what, what was saving me in that moment. But thanks for your question. Oh, okay.